Football Podcast. Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of the Italian Football Podcast. I'm Carlo Garganese, here as always with Nima Tavali. So it was supposed to be the weekend that Napoli celebrated the third Scudetto of their history. The first it should have been in 33 years. It was all set up for them after Inter beat Lazio. They only had to beat Salernitana, but they could only draw 1-1 and the party was spoiled. The party was put on hold. It was going to be the craziest party ever. Some of the things that were planned were, were going to be absolutely amazing. Um, but it was spoiled and it's only been put on hold. It will happen later this week, but that was, it was very, very disappointing. Um, but there's plenty more to talk about in the show today. There was that interwin over Lazio. There was a crazy ending between Roma and Milan. Two goals scored deep into injury time. And of course, there was Juventus failing to win again uh, at Bologna. Their crisis goes on and it, it really is a crisis with um, Max Allegri facing a uh, a very, very broken dressing room. A lot of crazy stories coming out about players, uh, important players unhappy with him. Uh, and Atalanta winning as well to make the, the, the top four race really, really tight. So it's, um, yeah, it's going to be a big show again, as always today. Um, this is our free weekly episode, which we do every Monday, reviewing the weekend Serie action and the, and the biggest talking points in Italian football. If you want to support the Italian football podcast and receive all our content that we do throughout the week, including our weekly Q&A episode every Tuesday, where we answer all the questions sent in from our patrons, plus the weekly Thursday midweek review show, plus interviews, post-match reaction, and much, much more, then go to patreon.com slash TIFP, and you can become a subscriber for just two ninety nine plus VAT. Uh, and for all of you that are listening on Spotify, on iTunes, on, on Apple Podcasts, We'd really appreciate a five-star rating and give us a follow uh, and subscribe to us. It really helps us grow. We're also on YouTube as well, so check us out there. Okay, Nima, let's get straight into it. So let's start off with Napoli. I had a really mm. big show planned today to, to <laughs> talk about this amazing Scudetto. Uh, it was it was going to be really good, but uh, we've had to put it all on hold. So but we'll talk about it on Thursday instead. That's what we've got to talk well, about. Because... Yeah, we'll see. If we, we'll see. We'll see. Because, I mean, like I said well, at the top, Napoli had to only had to win against Salernitana to, to, to win the Scudetto. Uh, they could only draw. So, they, But they will still be champions on Wednesday if Lazio fail to, to win against Sassuolo. Exactly. If Lazio were to win against Sassuolo, then Napoli need to get a draw um, on Thursday against uh, Udinese. Yeah, which I think I think we'll see. I don't think Lazio will beat Sassuolo. I think it'll. I think they'll draw Sassuolo because uh, they, they Sassuolo are in, are in pretty good form and Lazio look a bit out of it. Um, but we're going to talk about that as well because it's crazy to think they were ten points clear of Inter just a week ago and now it's down to six. Um, but sorry, four even. Sorry, four. Yeah, um, yeah. So, but Napoli. Yeah, it was a, an anticlimax, and I for one was really, really disappointed because I was really looking forward to to all the celebrations. I've, I know I've heard of some guys that some some people that I know out there about some of the stuff that was planned, uh, and it, it was going to be absolutely incredible. Um, a friend but, of know. mine uh, and a listener of ours was there, and he sent me videos of. Um, what was going on. He didn't have tickets, of course, to the game, but he was just around the city and he said that the atmosphere was insane. It was not like anything he'd ever seen. Um, and he said, actually, even though it, they drew, the it was not, they weren't disappointed. They were more like, okay, well, we'll do it on Wednesday then. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like it wasn't, they weren't too upset about it. 
and uh, they know that they're going to be champions. But this is a this is a percorso, as they say in Italy. This is. I a felt it would have been better yesterday, though. I feel like of it course, would have been, be, been better. You know, on a Sunday, Sunday yeah. afternoon, mid afternoon. Of course, uh, of you've course, got the whole it would have day, been better. You know, yeah. and now if it happens on you know Wednesday evening, late at night, um, you know, obviously they're playing away from. Well, they're not playing on Wednesday, but even if they were to win it on Thursday, they're not. You know, they're playing away, so they, the, the players won't be there. Uh, there'll be an Udine. I mean, it, it, this was just this was just perfect. They had it all planned. It was all prepared. It's all ready to go uh, in the in the you know in the light. Uh, I, yeah, it's a shame. It's a shame. No, I mean, it's it's a bit of a like it's 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 a shame. Yeah, but it's not like I don't. Yeah, it would have been it would have been the perfect storybook ending, but. I don't think they, uh, I mean, they're going to be champions. They know they're going to be champions, whether or not how and when, because they're, they're going to celebrate it for six, seven months, at least. <laughs> it's Naples we're talking about. They don't do things in moderation, good or bad. So it's um, so it's it's going to happen. It's just an issue of when and how and blah, blah, blah. And I don't think they really care. I mean, of course, it would have been nicer to do it on Sunday, but it would have been like more more of a beautiful image but you know who cares they're going to win the scudetto for the first time in 33 years they could i, I think they're going to win it without even playing on wednesday night and i think that it's going to be uh, the, the oh, you know it's it's the the game against fiorentina is when they will properly coronate it i think and and it's not i mean yeah it would have been nice for this sunday but i don't think it's too much i don't think people who've been waiting 33 for year through 33 years for this are too fast but i mean broader point i actually think this could have been this is a little bit of a lesson for napoli this napoli side young side none of them have won anything of importance really except for di lorenzo who's won a european championship and i think a coppa italia or something like that with napoli but none of them have won at club level anything of this big and so I think it's really, really, this is part of the growth, meaning you have to win. No one's going to hand you anything. If you want to become the champion, you're going to have to push your way through. You have to run across that finish line yourselves um, and you, you not expect people to lay flat for you. And I think that's part of growth for a Napoli side or for any team, not just Napoli, for any team to, that is young and inexperienced and, inexperienced and is trying to learn how to you know, become champions. I think this is part of that growth process. Um, and and to learn that you need to handle these games. This is what, you know, Juventus and Milan and Inter, especially Milan and Juve, were always through the years so well known for. You know, there's no way that Juve or Milan in that situation lose that 1-0 win. This just It's just not going to happen. Understanding how to... to <clears throat> to to handle these situations it's a new situation for napoli and and they will learn from it and i think that in the long run this might actually be a good thing for them to I, to not take anything for granted well yeah of course you always grow from winning from winning titles and winning trophies mm. um, i i just think that it was just symptomatic this game of just kind of how napoli have run out of steam towards the end of the season and uh, you know the game as a whole again they weren't great in this game i mean they probably still deserve to win just but it wasn't. This wasn't the same, you know, as it has been for the last month since the beginning of April. This hasn't been the same Napoli that we've seen all season. And I think they just have run out, run out of steam. Yeah, uh, and I think it's part of it. Yeah, and I think it's yeah, mental as well. I think well, it's mental. mental yeah, aspect. but that is part of running out of steam. It's mental yeah. energy and physical energy. But you know, they've won two of their last seven games, and of those two wins, one was a lucky win against Lecce, and the other one was a ninety-third minute winner 
against Juventus where certain episodes went their way as well. So, mm. I mean, it's, you know, the home form has deserted them in the last month. They've not mm. won any of their last four home games, which is really, mm. really strange given, you know, how formidable they've been at home before that. And they lost to Lazio in March as well, remember, yeah. uh, the 4-0 hammer in by Milan. So the, the home form has, has um, deserted them. But, you know, again, I think maybe this is, like you said, a lesson for yeah, a learning season, curve. Yeah. learning how to you know, handle patient, patience, but also how to pace yourself throughout the season. I mean, exactly. you can you can say, okay, well, it's worked for this season. They've blitzed the rest of the the, 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 the the opposition away, the rest of the league away. So it doesn't really matter if they run out of steam now. But you know, if they wanted to say go further in the Champions League next yeah. season, then you can't run out of steam in. In, no. in April. No, you've you know, got, you so. got to preserve your energy, both mentally and energy-wise in terms of on the pitch and, and, and learn to... Make, there's also aspects of this in terms of the squad, the technical side. They need a deeper squad, which I think they will have um, because uh, I think they will invest in that squad to make it more competitive, regardless of who leaves and stays. Um, obviously, Ossiman would, would be a, a huge blow if he left, as we've seen. But um, regardless of that, I think that this will, you know, this is part of the growth process. And I think they will look at this and, and Spalletti will, will revel in some way in this saying, and, and talk to them about this. He was already talking about it yesterday saying, look, it just means that the party's going to last longer. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The other thing I wanted to say about their performances recently, and, and again in this game, is I think it will be interesting going ahead into next season, like, how Spalletti adapts the team starting to find Napoli out. Um, And maybe some of this is down to them tiring physically and mentally. I think so. Uh, But at the same time, you know, you you watch how teams are playing Napoli now and they're not, you know, they're not even trying to go toe-to-toe. They're they're, they're all playing the same kind of way with with a reasonably low block, like Milan, like Lazio did um you know like even like part of the growth process and i mean finding yeah finding because you you can get found out after one the teams study you with all the the science and the the and the the the, you know the analytics analytics and the stats available you can see and predict very easily how teams play the heat maps what the way players individually go how credit scalia always cuts inside for example and how he's been not found out but teams are starting to read him recently more knowing their movements you know so then it cut then it's down to the manager that's where the manager comes in and his team to work out a way to slightly tweak the formation tweak the movements tweak the the positions little to things counter like that. it to, yeah, counter. to counter it and that's where you yeah so that's that's where it's going to be interesting for me to see how Spalletti counters well, that's, that's the development that's the growth process I'm kind of referring to as well you know taking the next step once you are the champion everybody wants to knock you off your crown and regardless of the mercato or the transfer window it's a, there's also uh it's it's a skill in and of itself to retain your crown to retain your title to to push further in in the in europe and and so on and so forth so no i i think i think it's all part of the growth process and i think it's both for spalletti and this team and i think once they've won the scudetto they will always be champions and i think just that hurdle that mental block will clear a lot of things in their heads because of you know always being perennial perennial losers never always the bridesmaid never the bride kind of thing that's mm. himself has always been kind of the embodiment of all of that will disappear because he will have won everything in italy when he when he becomes the oldest coach to win the Serie A title um and and that is you know the, then then the question begins you know 
how how you know to take the next step and and to retain it becomes a new new uh, new development it becomes a new journey they go on yeah, together for sure. and and that's 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 something that i i'm i'm, I'm going i'm very keen to see how they handle it yeah uh, just a quick quick word on on salernitana mm. um they big big result big big result again for them in the, in a relegation race uh, they're now nine games unbeaten mm. uh, under paulo Souza. he's done a really really good job because yeah. i think many people were really huge fans of, of I have Sousa. to be the first one to admit that I did not see him coming in there and tightening them up defensively because when we last saw him in the Serie yeah. A it was anything but defensive tight tightening he's yeah. come in there and he's got them so organized so disciplined so 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 cohesive as a unit in the defensive phase I was incredibly impressed by them I love the mentality they showed I love the attitude they showed they were no pushovers. They were not going to come in there and allow Napoli to, to you know, bully them and run them over. No. They came there to win a point because and they And it was know- no fluke either because we've seen how consistent they've been because they've, they've gone on this unrun. During this run, they've gone unbeaten to Napoli, Milan, both away from home. Mm. Uh, and then at home to Inter, I'm mean, okay. They rode their luck in the Inter game, yeah, but yeah. but but you know, they're, 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 it's no fluke when you when you take points off all three of those teams. Um, so you have to you have to give it to Paolo Souza. He's his uh, managerial, career, managerial career was probably on a downer, uh, mm. and maybe on its last legs. And now he's really re well, he's refound himself now. No, he um, has, and he's, I, I think he will. I mean, if they can give him a proper transfer window and he can have a proper preseason, mm. you know, with the squad they've got. And if they get to keep some of their players and not have to sell, then I think they could even make, be a mid-table side. But I do expect Boulaye Dia to be sold to a top six team in the Serie A because yeah. he has been outstanding this season. He's been one of the signings of the season. Yeah, I would put him in my top five, yeah, maybe even top three Serie A signings of the season yeah, um, this, this there, season. Yeah. He's been incredible. I mean, he, he's he scored 12 goals this season. None of them are penalties. Only two players in Serie A have more goals than Boulaidia this season mm. when you exclude penalties. Mm. And that's mm. uh, Ossiman and, and Lautaro Martinez. Yeah. And that's Lautaro only because he because he because he got a couple um on on Sunday and <laughs> managed to managed to move ahead. So yeah, it's it's uh, he's fantastic. And I feel like he just yeah he's just got a bit of everything. He's 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 you know he's tall, he's got he's got the physical side of things, he's quick. Technical, um, I mean, technically very good to Ossiman. I mean, he, he does a yeah. nutmegs Ossiman, dribbles two players, and then yeah, and with his left foot as well. I mean, he yeah. uses both feet. I mean, no, he's, he's, he's that's he's a got, player who's yeah. going to end up in a top six Serie A team if he stays in the Serie A. If not, if I remember when he moved to Villarreal, there were he was, was big hope to him for Villarreal, mm. but it never worked out for him. But he's mm. been absolutely brilliant, and I think no, he's he definitely, has. yeah, he's definitely grown and he's, he's definitely worthy of a big of a, of a bigger mm. club, like even like a third or fourth choice striker at, at one of the big clubs potentially yeah. but not? leading the line for for a Europa League team I'm sure yeah. he has the has the yeah. has the tools to do that for sure fantastic okay right let's move away from Napoli let's move on to Juventus a uh, huge huge story that that broke on on Sunday when it's not just one story either it's it's a few stories <laughs> that are broken over the weekend um and first of all it, it started off with with Dusan Vlaovic uh, a couple of days ago um, with uh, La Stampa. And I've seen another report in Italian media um, today from, an, from another newspaper that backed this up, that Dusan Vlaovic is very, very unhappy with Allegri and he basically is more than considering leaving Juventus in the summer if Allegri stays next season because he feels like Allegri has really ruined, ruined his, his career and he's ruining his career. 
Um, that was the first story. Then we had on uh, Sunday morning, we had Gazetta, and I've forgotten the journalist, her name now. Uh, it's the one that had the argument with Allegri on Saturday. Um, but basically one of the, one of, if not the top Juventus journalists right now, uh, insider. And I've totally forgotten her name, but everyone will know that's listening yeah, to this. Yeah, me too. Uh, it's so um, annoying because I know who you're talking about. It's yeah. really annoying. Fabi- is it Fabiana? Yes, Fabiana? thank you. Fabiana. Fabiana. Uh, what's, oh, what's her name? Yeah, Fabiana. Oh, never mind. Fabiana, anyway, from from Gazetta. Um, it's on the tip of my tongue. I've totally forgotten. Yeah. Anyway, she 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 reported. She came out with a story that basically Di Maria had refused to play uh, against um, against Fabiana Bologna. della Valle. Jesus. That's it, della Valle. She, and she's fantastic. She's got proper inside knowledge. She's she's got a mold in the dressing room, basically, mm. <laughs> to, to, to to put it that way. Um, and um, yeah, Di Maria refused to play. Um, when he wasn't going to be in the starting eleven against Bologna, uh, and when, as soon as he found out that he wasn't in the starting eleven, he suddenly told everyone that he, he told the, the management that he had an injury and that he couldn't be on the bench, uh, and that there was never an injury. Uh, he'd been training and, and everything. So, so yeah, <laughs> put two and two together. You know, make that what you think. And she wasn't the only one. Tutor Sport and some others also backed this up. Uh, and I've, I've spoke to a few people as well who supported this. That basically Di Maria basically didn't want to play. <laughs> um, and also is is also has a bad relationship with Allegri. Uh, then we had on on Sunday evening um, after the game uh, our friend of the show um, Adrian Del Monte, who uh, reported that Federico Chiesa is deeply unhappy with Max Allegri uh, and is also considering leaving the, the club in the summer if uh, if Allegri stays. He's unhappy with how he's being used, not being played in his correct position, uh, just basically how he's been managed. Uh, I knew about, I've known about this story for over a month, but I've had to keep quiet about it. You probably heard me hint at, hint at that I knew something about Chiesa. So I've known about this for a long time, uh, that how unhappy he is with um, with Allegri. Um, so you've got three there. You've got the, basically the whole front line, the whole first choice front line. Um, and I just to add to that, I've also been told that I can't name who it is, um, I've also been told that a very senior player at the oh, club. Oh, we know who it is. It was all over the internet yesterday. Okay. Well, I'm not going to say. If you want to say, you can say. <laughs> but there's a very senior player at the club who who is um, who is leaking, who leaked the Di Maria story, but is leaking stories to the press about he's anti Allegri and he's and he's and he's and he's leaking stories yeah, to the press. That does not take a lot of. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty obvious. I mean, everyone knows. You know his character. You know, yeah, you know, part, you know the problems past. he's had with Allegri in the past as well. So he's kind God. of getting okay. You might as well bloody say it, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but it's all over the internet on Twitter. So you just, it's not hard to allegedly, 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 yeah, allegedly, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It always gets you out of trouble, doesn't it? Just, 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 mm. <laughs> just, just. Well, say I, the most, said, I mean, it's say, I just say oh, the most I saw, I saw. You can say the most libelous things and just put allegedly <laughs> no. at the end of it. And, and, oh, it's all alright. <laughs> oh dear. No, but, but seriously though, I mean, I mean, this isn't good. Um, this, this well, really of course, it's good. not good. It turns out that you need a sporting director, you need a management, you need a CEO, you need actually to have a societa. You can't just run a football club like you don't, like you, like you run, you know, like, like a like a family business that you just opened up a little, you know, hot dog stand with a and selling hot dogs at the corner. No, Juventus <laughs> are a big club. They need to be run professionally. They don't have any structure at that club whatsoever. They only have a coach, and he's the one being hung out to dry for everything. It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing by Juventus standard. What is going on? And and yesterday, what, what was that pre-match ridiculous thing about we might not even bring in a, a sporting director? Seriously? 
What are they? What, what's going on at this club? Like seriously, what are you doing? Sounds like Manchester United. Do you remember when like yeah. Woodward was like for, for that? Everyone was like, "Well, you need a transfer director. We need a transfer." You need, you need people who run the club. Juventus <laughs> have been the most organised club. Whether you like them or not, like we don't need to go into all that. Whether you like them or not, they have always been the most organised, well-run, well-run, oiled machine in Italian football. And now there's just nothing there. There's literally nothing there. And 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 oh, that's. I wonder why it's happening now. Well, gee, you know the saying when when the rats when when the cats away the the rats. What do they say? They when the cats away the the the, the, mouse. the, the mice dance on yeah. the table. Well, here the the rats are moonwalking on the table. You know, it's it's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, it's, but I mean, is is I mean that's the bigger picture. But you know, we're talking <sighs> here. We're talking here about players who are unhappy with the with yeah, the way they, that they're that's, being used. That's the job of a the football director club. to keep the players happy, to ma- to manage the peace, to do all of these things, to, to to manage the relationships, to keep everyone happy, to keep that guy's agents happy, to keep that one's wife's happy. That's what they do. Mm. That's part of the job, and there's nothing there. And instead, it's just Allegri this, Allegri that. Well, what do you want him to He can't do all of those things. It's not his no, job. No, that's, that's, that's all true. The re- managing the relationships, that is all true. You're spot on. But, you know, we're talking, I mean, we're in the case of, certainly in the case of Vlaovic and Chiesa, they're unhappy because of the way that they're being used as players and the style of football and how they're being, the, what is going on on the pitch is, and, you know, we've seen, we've seen what's happened to their careers. Mm. <laughs> I mean, under Allegri. I mean, they've, they've, they've completely, I mean, they've, Completely, their careers have gone completely off the rails. They've mm. turned from you know two of the most exciting young players in, in in European world football to to just shells of themselves under Allegri. So you know you can understand why they are they are so unhappy in the way that they're being. Vlaovic, I, I I mean I I think he needs to look a little bit in the mirror as well as we've said before. I think there's a little bit of self reckoning there as well. Uh, with Chiesa, I think it's different. I mean Chiesa's frustrated, but he just came back from an ACL, didn't he? I mean. Well, this he was always going to be managed slowly back after that series, and I'm happy that Allegri has done that because he is the future. He's the future star poster boy of Italian football. We've all agreed, you know, everyone agrees on that. And I don't want him to go the Zaniolo route with another ACL, which would effectively kill his career. That's so, fine, though. It's fine about that's fine with managing his minutes, but we're talking about how he's being used positionally, and he's being used, you know, out of position all the time. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's and another that's, story. That's, that's the issue. That's the issue that that, that Chiesa has, and that's and, you know that's why he wants to leave <laughs> if yeah. Allegri stays. Um, but yeah, it's just it's a mess. I mean, he's clearly lost the dressing room. Uh, I mean, that, there's no there's no doubt about that. Or he's not maybe not the entire dressing room, but he's he's lost important sections of the dressing room. Mm. He's lost he's lost the front line, which probably helps explain why. Juventus just, I mean, as bad as Allegri's teams are at scoring and creating chances, I mean, it's, it's, it's I mean, it's horrific. The last eight games, they've scored five goals, um, and uh, you know that helps explain why the attack is is is, is also on those those three are underperforming. They're all three of them are in dreadful form, dreadful form. All three of them, uh, and um, you know, I, I just when you lose the faith of the players. It's all over for the team in terms of getting good results, and, and again, it helps explain the, the terrible form that that Juventus are in. And you know that leads me to the conclusion with Allegri: is you're not getting the results. One winning, one winning eight games and complete fruitful. You're not getting 
stability. So all this, it just makes a mockery of this idea when people say, oh, but Allegri's bringing stability. Well, he's what's, the only one what there. Stability is he yeah, bringing? What, the, what the, stability the, can he bring, Carlo? He's the only one there. Well, he's, he's not doing stability then. <laughs> well, no, because, because there's no one else there. He's the only one working. <laughs> there's, there's no one else there. He's literally, the, it's the nuclear bomb has gone off. He's the only one there trying to clean this mess up. Well, and they do have others in positions now. They do have others in position. It's not like they don't have a, a you know, they have a chief. It's all they have a president. It's it's all interim. You know, it's, it's it's no. There's no. There's nothing coherent there. They don't even know if they're going to be in the Serie A next season. They don't know anything. And and this notion of of Allegri being the the culprit for that is is utterly bizarre to me. It makes no sense. I'm not saying the football. But he's not tactics. bringing stability though. People he say, is people bringing try, stability. He's, well, he's the not only bringing any. one the, there. The whole dressing the whole dressing room is. is it's is not the whole thing. dressing room. It's 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 Vlaovic and Chiesa and Di Maria. Di Maria has been well. Let's be honest. He doesn't even and, really want to be. And the most anywhere. senior member of the dressing room that's leaking. That he's always had an argument with for the last decade. That he literally has chastised publicly in 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 in, in, in I don't know press conference after press conference. Come on, let's be let's have some measure. Let's be measured here, right? The 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 results on the pitch are, of course, he's he is to take responsibility for that as well. Nimba, but it's if not you've been lost a normal, your if, you're, if your entire attack, if your entire attack, if your entire attack hates your guts and and you've lost the dressing room, you've lost the team. You I can't, don't think he's. You can't. Fo- he's you can't, Nimba, You can't win. With, with the whole attack against you. I mean, what do you, what do you want? I mean, this, this is the problem. Is Allegri's not getting the results. They've got one win in eight games and they're in free fall. He's not bringing no stability to the team when, when he's got so many players in the dressing room against him. Uh, and he's not, as I've, as I've shown in recent shows, he's not getting any improvement either. You know, so the, there's not any kind of, oh, let's hope for the future with him because his points average, his goals average, they're now the same as last season now after this draw against Bologna. And they're much worse than Pirlo. So there's no improvement there that you can say, oh, well, let's stick with this coach because because there's an improvement there. We're working well, that's ignoring the entire shitstorm that's happened this past year. A complete shitstorm, unprecedented, the biggest crisis in Juventus history. And we're just going to ignore that because he doesn't play like the Zerbia, uh, uh, passing in triangles. I mean, come on. No, I'm saying it totally negates the argument that's, that's been used no, it doesn't. Multiple, it doesn't. Multiple, t- multiple times about you should keep Allegri because he's, he's improving. Because he brings stability. Well, oh, because he, not, well you have to look stability. at the entire He's not picture. bringing improvement. You have to look at the entire picture. And the picture is Juventus are a complete shit show. They're a dumpster fire off the pitch. And and on it as well to a certain extent. But putting that all on Allegri and talking about, I don't, I don't know, that, 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 that all of this is on him. Well, if you sack him, who are you going to bring in? And what do you think is going to happen? That is literally the only person building from the old, the, the only link between the old Juve, what is what is the winning Juve, and this this new whatever this new Juve is, is Max Allegri. Now I'm not saying he's going to stay there after this season. I doubt he will. I think he might be exhausted of this as well. To be perfectly honest with you, because this is not what he signed up for. Well, but- Calvo, the, the the idiot, incompetent idiot, that's the chief football officer, basically <laughs> confirmed him before the game. Yeah, but uh, you know as well as I do that 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 count. I'll, I'll take that. I'll, I'll 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 throw that as far as I can carry and throw an elephant. I don't believe anything. <laughs> well, the thing is, Nima, if you even if you accept, but my understanding from the people I've speak to him is he has complete support of the club and they're planning to go well, forward because they're next good. season. That's, good. That's, that's, that's well, of course you'll say good, but that's, no, that's because the, that's no, the it's good for Juve. No, it's good for Juve. Well, the last thing, the first thing they can do is actually bring in 
a sporting director, bring in a structure, a director of football, a CEO, something to br- to help Juventus look towards the future. Because none of that exists right now. I'm not saying keep Allegri. I'm okay. Let him go in the summer if that's not what the new directors and the new leadership of Juve want to do. But there's nothing there. The plan is, the, the, the thing is, that if the plan is to get rid of him or if the plan is that he's going to leave in the summer, which is hypothetical, but if that yeah. is the case and you're saying, you're, I mean, you're, you, you seem to be in, in favour of getting rid of him in the summer anyway, it seems to be. No, I'm saying, I'm saying that this cannot continue. No, what I'm saying is there is not... It, I'm, my focus right now is trying to salvage the rest of this season in terms of try and win that Europa League. Try and win the Europa League. Try and get in the top four, even even if there's a points penalty off it. Try, try and salvage the season by getting in the top four and trying to win the, the Europa League. The best hope of doing that is by sacking him and getting in the I caretaker. I profoundly disagree with that because if it's it's thanks to him, despite all the sideshow and the circus going on yeah. on the sidelines, he's got them with the number of points he's got on the pitch, and he's got them to the to the semi final of the Europa League. I think it, sacking him at this point would be literally just would be insanity. It's insanity. If people are unhappy, they can be on and they'll be unhappy in June too. He's he's giving. The thing is, the- we are we are not, we know what we're getting from Allegri by keeping him. I said exactly the same thing last week. They're in free fall, Nima. They've won one they're in not eight in games. Free fall. They've won they're not one, in free fall. They're in bad one, form, like every team were. Well, one win are in, in free games. form. Are, yeah. are in bad form. They've won. Like one, not- they've got one win in eight games. The whole the whole the whole dressing the the whole attack in the dressing room is against him. I mean, just bring someone in. Get someone, well, what, a caretaker, to the end of the season as a joke. Yesterday, jolt. against Bologna, he did exactly what you wanted him to do. Played a 4-3-3. They had a, what, 2.68 XG. Milik misses a penalty. Sule misses sitters. What else do you want him to do? We'll come to that. We'll come to that because Bologna had a very high XG themselves. But we'll come to, we'll come to that in, in the next segment. But the point I'm making is, if we, Juventus keep Allegri, you know what you're getting. You've seen it in the form that they're in and you've seen the way that the players are towards him bring in bring in someone just as a caretaker to the end of the season give them a jolt they can't do any worse than the leg with Allegri you know oh they can they can they they can finish out of the top four and they can crash out of the well they're going to finish out of the top four Nimmer if this carries on but the difference is that Max Allegri has the experience to handle this situation and he's doing uh, I think a pretty okay job this this hysterical this hysteria oh Kiesa's unhappy he's unhappy Kiesa like what I think I think if if Juve were run by Juve fans, you would you'd never win a title. The Nima, you don't win. Is just, Nima, you don't win with unhappy players. You don't win when you've lost a dressing room. Well, the result you'd, you'd be surprised. You'd be surprised. I mean, I, I don't know for, lots of former legendary players who've spoken, who I've interviewed through the years, off the record, talking about how many players, many players in legendary winning teams despised each other, but they managed to put all that aside. Not just each other, but even the coach. Yeah, but there's the, difference. The there's difference, there's difference between despising a manager but not playing for the manager and not but not trusting and believing the manager. And they, they clearly these players don't have any faith in the manager anymore. I mean that's yeah. obvious. These yeah. attackers have no faith in the manager. They they have no trust in him, which is why yeah. they want to leave. It's nothing to do with hating them. There's a lot of managers. Yeah. Capello was hated by most of his players. You know, there's there's lots of managers that have been really hated. Conte as well. There's a lot of, <laughs> a lot of players that hate Conte. I mean, look how we look how, how players fall out. It's not necessarily about not disliking and hating the, the the manager. It's about do you have the the faith and the trust in the manager? And they they've lost it. There's no no one has the players don't have the trust in the manager. They bring in someone else. They'll play for that manager just for a few games. Mm. Then in the summer, 
try and sort out the whole mess of the club. But it seems, like I said, from people I've spoken to, he still has the support of the club. And I, and, and I don't just take that from the public. No, no, I, and, and that you know, because, that's because you've they a, believe in it. Because they still, believe in him. yeah, and, 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 and that just goes to show that Juventus fans are lucky that Juventus is not run by them, but is run by people who look a bit, who think with a, with a cold head, with a, with a cold head and not a hot head. And, They'll they'll do okay. They'll finish in the top four. What happens off the pitch is not Allegri's fault. If the points deductions that is not on Max Allegri, and and what and and we'll see what he does in the Europa League. I mean, given Roma's injuries, I wonder if they even reach the final. I mean, they're completely decimated. So so we'll have to wait and see. Yeah. Okay. Right. Well, let's move on to the to the analysis of of, of the match, um, the performance, the one all draw against Bologna. The performance offensively, Juventus were, were better in this game. They they created plenty chances to score more than the than the one goal that they never seem to to go over and anymore. Um, but the Fajoli had a double chance. Milik penalty. We'll come to that. Uh, Illing, Illing Jr. and Sule both missed good chances in the in the second half. Lock, Locatelli passed when he when he yeah. have, when he when he should have shot. Um, you know, so offensive they were they were they were good. They had a you said two point six eight, the two point four five was the xG that I that I okay. that mine. But then, you know they vary yeah. a little bit. Yeah, the XGs. It's, it is. It's um, but they bad. but they conceded almost as many big chances. They had an xG of two against them uh, and posh. Abisha, Xerxes all had huge chances for, for Bologna. So, I mean, it was better offensively, but it was, you know, uh, they conceded almost as many chances. So, you know, I, well, can't I saw they really... had an XG against them of 1.9 and they had 2.68 themselves. And I mean, that's a lot. But then again, let's remember, this is Bologna. Bologna are a good side, especially at home. They beat Inter, they drew Milan, they, they will cause you problems uh, at home. And... They're not, they're, you know, it wasn't a Serie cheese side that you were playing. They were playing a decent side and a decent side with a, who's in form and, and especially at home. And, and they, it was always going to end in a draw, I think. I, I would have been incredibly surprised if Juve had won this game because I think Bologna at home are really good. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the issue that I have with Juventus in this game is they only ever play well in small patches in games. And it was the same in this game. They, they were really, really good for about 10 minutes in the first half. And that's when most of their chances came. And they were really, really good for 10 minutes in the second half after Illing Jr. came on. And he completely changed the game when he when he came on because they were the game was completely go, going away from them. And then he gave them an injection. But Juventus just can't maintain consistency for, for long periods over games or even extended periods over games. It's always just a, a short burst here, a short burst there, and that's it. And let alone a whole consistently for a whole game. And 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 this is a huge this has been a huge problem for Juve after over the last two years. I mean, Bologna, after after that 10-minute spell after Inning came on, Juventus were really good. And you thought, right, Juventus are going to go on and dominate the rest of the game now and win this game. They had that 10-minute spell and then Bologna came in, back into it and were all over them. And Bologna created three huge chances after that. And it's just like, why couldn't Juventus maintain that physically, but also just in terms of their actual play? Uh, and yeah, this, so again, this is the issue that I have with, with, with Juventus in this game is that it wasn't like they played well for, the, for, for even a long period of this game. It was just a, a couple of you know short periods of the game that they had all their chances, really. Uh, and... Yeah, it's it's 
I mean, it was the hundred. This was the hundredth Allegri game. Yeah, I saw that report, and it really that is so disingenuous. Okay, they they make it sound like he's played a hundred different like tactical formations, and that that's absolutely not true. Well, he's never what played he's, the same team twice in a well, row. Well, that's he's changed a player or two a hundred times. Yes, but that's not the same. They made it sound like he played a hundred different formations, which is mathematically impossible when you've got 10 players on the pitch, unless he lost his mind and play a two, two, four, six or some shit like that. You know what I mean? Two, two, six or some, some crazy shit like that, that he's not done. I mean, it's, it's just this. No, it means the becoming, players. It means the players. Yeah. yeah. It's, we're talking about personnel change. And I don't think that he's the only one who does that. If we, if we look at the top four teams and if you look at one player in and out over the last two, two years, I think you might be surprised as to how many play, how many teams that 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 would 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 constitute. To be honest, if you look at when Allegri came back, and how it you know the top teams, how many changes they've had in format, like in lineup personnel, I think you'd be. It's not just Allegri. I mean, they, they the way they worded that, the way they reported it, it made it sound like he'd done a hundred different formations in two years, which is just. Excuse yeah, but to not play bollocks. the same, to not to not, bollocks. yeah, but not to play the same lineup twice in a row. I mean, not even once. I mean, that is that is very telling, and it's no surprise really that there is no patterns of play. Oh, there, is no rhythm, <laughs> there is no rhythm, you know. And Gazetta did a report yesterday that the, the constant lineup changes has, have left players confused and frustrated and, and affected their performances. I mean, that's just natural. That is natural when you change the team. But it's not just the the, the players actually, though. It's the light. It's their formations. I mean, Allegri's changed formations so many times, and it, and it is impossible possible as but a player yeah. when you're changing lineups so much you, you can't get any kind of identity or rhythm or work your patterns of play or your or your movements on the pitch and where you do your little you know your little one twos and your little third runs and your your little give and goes and your little triangles but you know when you're changing systems and players all the time you know it's it's impossible to do that so I mean I think that there is truth definitely truth in that um, I think sure. to a certain extent, yeah, but the way they the way that that was presented, I think was incredibly disingenuous. And 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 I remember reading that, going, "Well, agenda's gonna agenda." Like it just it just felt yeah. ridiculous to say that because yes, he's not played the same lineup, meaning personnel wise, twice maybe, but the way that that was reported was just yeah. Incredibly the other silly. negative, the other negative, just to get the negatives out of the way is the defence wasn't good again. And you, you were very mm. critical yeah, of the Juventus' defence. You were, you were critical of Juventus' defence against Inter. I didn't think yeah. the Juventus' defence against Inter was as bad as you, as yeah, you know. I, I thought I was more disappointed with the, just the non-existent attack against, yeah. against Inter rather than defence. Uh, I didn't think the defence was, I didn't think the defence was horrific against Inter. I mean, no, I except for the goal. Except for the goal. The goal was bad. But apart from the goal, I didn't think it was that bad. But in this game, they were, I mean, I understand it was partly because they were trying to play a bit yeah. of a higher line. They were trying yeah. to push. You are going to concede more. But yeah. the the issue is the issue is here because I know you're going to have a go at me and you're going to say, well, what do you want, Carlo? You know, he's trying no. to attack in this no, game. No, 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 no. no I'm not let let me finish. Let I'm me finish. No, no. You'll, you'll, you will be right to an extent in that they, he has tried to attack and take yeah. the game and try to play with a higher line, try to be a little bit more progressive. And you're right. The problem is, though, it's not just about doing that. It's about being able to execute it well. Uh, and this is the problem in which Allegri hasn't been able to adapt to modern football uh, and, he's, and he's outdated, is that when you play a, a high line and when you play with a high press and when you try and be more aggressive and when you play a 4-3-3, you know, I've been crying out for him to play mm. a 4-3-3, you've got to be able to, to execute it uh, and interpret it in a way that will make it successful. And Allegri, That's fine. All Allegri, of that is fine. Allegri has shown himself 
certainly during these two years, that he's unable to play that kind of football and, and execute it because he just doesn't know how to do it. He, his comfort zone is playing the low block, the, you know, the, the defensive counter-attacking game. That's how he knows how to set up a team. When he tries to be, to do what we're crying out for, mm. Juventus fans, which is to be more modern, and he doesn't know how to do it. And I think we saw that in this game, that yes, Juventus created chances, but they were leaving themselves open because they don't really know, Allegri doesn't really know how to... To, to to set it to set his team up to, to be effective enough if you know what I mean so I think no, that's, I know what you mean that's, that's but, the issue, but, but that's the, the thing is for have. me the defensive issues is not yes to a certain extent yes when you push up higher you're going to expose yourself I'm surprised at the lack of organization in defense that's what I'm surprised at there is and I saw it against Inter and I saw it against Bologna. And that, to me, is that's Allegri. That's all on Allegri. I blame and hold him 100% accountable for that because that is something he knows how to do. And the fact that they don't have that at this point, almost two years into his tenure, that's all on him. That is entirely all on him. There are no, There's nothing to save him there. Not, nothing, zero. And Chesney saves Juve from that loss. He was outstanding. He was the man of the match for Juve, I thought. Chesney, he was absolutely fantastic. He made save after save after save. He was he was very proactive. I thought I thought he was brilliant yesterday. Yeah, it's the, it's the ones where they're, you know, left at the back post is probably what you mean by the lack of organisation, yeah. isn't it? Like when we saw quite a few, didn't we? When there were, there were players left at the back post completely free. And uh, yeah, 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 I, I think... I, I think that that's that's another myth of you of, of Allegri that's been kind of been put to you know that that, that has been shown up um, this this season, but certainly recently is that you know the two arguments for keeping Allegri has been one he brings stability, which you know given like the, the issues in the changing room, I just don't think you can you can well, you can't you can't claim that he's bringing stability. I know there's reasons that it's very very difficult to bring stability with all the <laughs> stuff going on. I understand that. But the argument that he is bringing stability is just untrue. But number two is the idea that he's everything is relative. Everything yeah, is relative. Compared to what, <laughs> compared to what would be if he's not there, then then yes, he is bringing stability. But of course, it's not. Well, we it's don't not know everything that. Is a, we don't know that. Though. I think we can we, safely we don't say. Know that. Well, of course well, we do because the unknown. Who? Who? You think Andrea Pirlo would bring stability to this Juve? Seriously. Like, well, the players on. were much happier with, with Pirlo. Oh, great. Then, then is, so is Juventus a social club or a professional football club? Because, I mean, it's 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 like, it makes no well, sense. you need a happy dressing room, Nima. You yeah, can't, you, you can't, do. You can't, win with, with, you can't win with a dressing room. That, anyway, listen, the point yeah. is, that's number one, the stability thing has been proven to be untrue. And number two, the idea that he sorted out the defence is just, again, it's not true. I mean, they've, mm. they've 100 games, they've conceded 100 goals. Now, I'm not saying, that's not terrible. No. You know, conceding one goal a game is not terrible. It's no. not terrible. But it's no. not good. It's not good either. You know, you're not. No, but it's that, also not, it's also a product big. of of bad management. Why was Bonucci the Bonucci situation? Getting rid of De Ligt and bringing in Bremer, and then deciding that oh, we're, we don't know if we're going to play a back three or a back four because we know that Bremer isn't very good at playing at a back four. You know, the, the, yeah. I mean, it was, it's just it's again it goes back to bad planning. You know, it's it's just uh, Juventus are in trouble and they are trouble on many levels. And I think hammering Allegri 
and not Agnelli and Paratici and the rest of these idiots who put Juventus into the, in this position to begin with. Well, to be fair, we've done that, haven't we? We did that to how, how we went did yeah, that well, to, to we did yeah. that till the cows came home when they were still here. <laughs> I mean, you know, Paratici, yeah. my life. Yeah, but Paratici, you. I mean, you, how many times fried, did I use yeah. that line? I used that no, line but, more than yeah, than no, the, <laughs> yeah, no. But it's 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 just it just to me it's just I, I find the situation it's like. I find it a complete mess. And I and I can tell you that if you're in this situation that Juventus are in, I would rather have Allegri at some point than, than anyone else. The last thing I want is someone coming in there thinking they can play Joga Bonito and, and, you know, oh, keep the players happy. I don't care if you're happy. Deliver. You're adults. I mean, it's it's just, it's ridiculous. This is a mess. This is the biggest crisis Juventus have been in their history. They just need to be professional. That's all they need to do. All, all I want is I just want Juventus to, to, to finish in the top four and I want Juventus to... I think to, they will. I think they I want, will finish in the top four. And I want Juventus to, 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 to try and win the Europa League. I feel mm. like to win the Europa League, Juventus are going to have to fluke it with Allegri. The way they're playing, mm. they're going to have to fluke it. They well, fluked it against to... Sporting. Completely yeah. fluked it against Sporting. Anyone that says any differently mm. needs to rewatch those games. <sighs> you know, They went but, through... Anyway, um, if we're talking about positives, though, I do want to give a shout out to Illing Jr. I think he made a really big difference mm. off the bench. He, as soon as he came on, helped set up the equaliser. He nearly scored himself. He just snatched at the finish, which was a big shame. Much, much better than Kostic. Who, Kostic is someone who's really gone off form. He's nine without an assist or a goal. I mean, mm. I know most of the players have thought their form has completely gone off, including the attackers. But Kostic as well has been one of the most productive players in terms of goal contributions, uh, and he's really lost his way. As soon as Inning Junior came on, he was, you know, taken on players. He was unpredictable. He was kind of like played with freedom, uh, and yeah. So I mean, I want to see him get a few more chances between now and and the end of the season. Uh, but <laughs> we do have to mention Milik's penalty, um, Nima. Is that the worst penalty you've ever seen? <laughs> I don't know what to say. Um, it's just so symptomatic of where you are right now, isn't it? Like they, what what was that? Can you yeah. explain to me what that was? Because I don't know. I don't know what I watched. I, I still well, the, don't. The, I, feel, the I feel dumbfounded. Well, the hop, skip, jump. I mean, he. I hate did it. it. It was so wrong the way that he executed <laughs> that he lost all his balance and power by the time he kicked the ball. It looked like, you know, that feeling when. You were in like in school, and you like your parents try to dance and be cool, like that 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 kind of cringe movement. Like, no, why are you doing that? That's not you. That's not who you are. Stop doing that. No, yeah, you know what it's like. It's it's like you know you know like when you've never danced in your life, and, yes. you, and you go to you go to a dance class, and someone tries to show you a move, and you're like, and someone says, "Go on, give it a try, give it a try." And you're like, "No, no, 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 I don't want to do no. it. I don't want to do it." And they're don't like, do "Come that. on, try it. Just give it a try. Give it a try. And then you finally that. give it a try, and it just comes off like mimics. It just—it it was so <laughs> uncomfortable, and he should not be doing that. And and where you are, you in decisive moments, hop, skip penalties. No, like <laughs> just no, yeah. big yeah. no. Yeah, it was over. We also have to just just mention quickly the penalty that Bologna got. The VAR, not the monitor, working not working again. again. What I is was going laughing. on? Nima, what is going on? I don't on? know. What, how did the VAR monitor not working? 
It was, I mean, this is a joke. Now, I, st- I, I, I was mean, laughing. I'm not I mean, going to lie. That, made, that, that to me was like peak Serie A problems. Do you know what I mean? Like, I mean, where this, what is this technology? <laughs> only I mean, Serie A. Only Serie A. I mean, I know like, the internet's not good in Italy, but I mean... You reckon? I mean, I know the internet is so bad that the zone works about 2% of the time <laughs> in, in Italy. But, no, but, it was so, I so mean, funny. What, so funny. I mean, who, I mean, who's supplying? Who's in charge? Did the zone? The, it was, the I can't remember. Was it, was it Inter's game against Empoli, I think? I think it was last week when when what's his name the referee's mic didn't work and they had to go and change it all the bloody time and I don't know the tech the the techno the the, te- the technique not working for them yes yeah. and I'm never not I'm not for one second going to use this as an excuse for Juventus for Juventus uh, not winning because because I mean Milik we saw what he did with the other penalty mm. um, but I mean I thought again I thought that was a terrible decision how you can make the decision to 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 to, to, to give the, I mean I've watched that I watched that incident again about ten times and I. I can't tell whether it's a penalty or not watching it 10 times. It depends on what the referee saw. Again, like clear and obvious error. There's a reason why they're called this. These laws are called laws of the game because the words are to be interpreted in the way that words are interpreted in a legal context. What that means is that a clear and obvious error does not mean like it does in everyday language. It means what did the referee see? And if in communication with the referee, the referee gives his side and what he says that he's seen does not correspond with what is being shown on the screens, it automatically falls between clear, into the remit of clear and obvious error and they have to call him back. The point is I watched that 10 times and I can't tell whether it's a penalty yeah, well, or not. That's another so discussion. Can... That's another discussion. But what I'm saying is what did we don't, since we don't know what the, the communication between the referee and the VAR room, that, that, that's mm. just, you know, that's the protocol. That's how it works. I know. I'm just saying, if you're going to change the decision and make it a penalty, mm. You know, for me, I've watched it 10 times. I can't tell if it's a penalty or not. So you shouldn't be changing that around, especially mm. when the referee can't even go to the monitor. And, and <laughs> the monitor not working is... Do you know what I mean? So, I mean, I thought, again, I'm not going to use that as an excuse. I'm not going to use that as an excuse for Juventus not winning this mm. game. You know, I'm just saying, I, I thought it was, I thought, again, it was just, it was just a mm. really weird decision uh, mm. and a, just an embarrassment all around. But anyway, let's move on from Juventus. Let's move on to... Yes, to, to, the, win- to the whinge fest. Yeah. The Allegri bitch fest is yeah, over. Well, somebody, <laughs> you know what? Somebody, a friend of mine sent me your uh, your Twitter space at uh, half time. When I was angry. When I was yelling. He sent me a 10 second clip and in I was the 10 yelling. second slip, you, I was you, screaming. you shouted out, they should just send them all to hell. Yeah, I was not. I said, send them. All. I said, I think I said, yeah. put them all on a spaceship and send them to the moon. Like, yeah. just sell them all. And apparently, <laughs> apparently, it was much worse before that. You were much. Yeah, no, I was fuming. That. I was absolutely fuming because I thought, well, we're going to get to that. But uh, you know, I thought it was unfair because I th- Inter were playing so good. And they were so much better than Lazio. It was a thoroughly deserved win. They played Sarri's midfield off the park for 60, 70 minutes. And, okay, the, yes, Correa is an idiot. He doesn't know what he's doing. He, the timing of that run is stupid. Anyone, any half-decent footballer would would run would time that run better. But it's it's it, the Acerbi thing just drove me off the walls. Like, it, it literally... Because... You ha- you're playing so well against a team that is known for playing so well. You're in complete control. You're dominating them. You're dictating the tempo. Brilliant opening 25 minutes of football. And then for no reason whatsoever, you you, you just do something as stupid as that. I mean, he even acknowledges, acknowledges it. I mean, he apologized saying in no, he basically said, I shouldn't be doing that. 
at this moment of the season, and that's what I lost it. At. But he slipped three times. He nearly he conceded this, yeah. another, another big chance to make it two 0 when Immobile had his shot. That's what I was fuming at because it's yeah. unacceptable. You're supposed to be the experienced guy of this team, and it's, and you just drop kick your teammates mentally. It must right have been in his the footwear. Balls. His footwear must be to do it because he slipped three times like that, and it's it just. And yeah. that's what sent me off because it's like, and it's been like this all season. It's like Inter just don't allow themselves. To to build momentum and and they they, mm. they, they just don't and, and overall shockwave overall Nima, it was it was it was a very it was an outstanding very, performance very impressive it I didn't think the first I didn't think the first half was as good as you thought but I thought the second half they were absolutely well the, the first half was ruined for Inter after the twenty fifth minute when when Acerbi did that and they scored the goal then the rest of it was just damage control but the opening twenty five minutes were brilliant and what I like the most is the reaction in the second half absolutely loved it finally we saw an Inter that came out and just brushed off whatever was going on, like the, the, the shockwaves that a stupid mistake like that sends through this team. They brushed it off. Inzaghi's substitutions were absolutely spot on. Finally, I got to see Chalanoglu, Barella and um, uh, Brozovic together. And Lula, 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 Lula. You know, Romelu Lukaku will never score 30, 35 goals a season again. But if he's going to play like that, then the, this this partnership is fruitful, especially now. It, it's so good because those two assists. I mean, I've you know anyone who listens to this pod know I've said I think he's incredibly underrated as a crosser of the ball. His left foot cross he delivers brilliant crosses with his left foot, and for Gorsens was another example of that. But also the way that he, he uses his body to cover and then plays in Lautaro. Now nah, it was it was they were brilliant. Um, I was very 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 pleased. I thought I thought Lukaku was the man of the match, even though he didn't score two. He got two, two assists. Yeah, he got I mean, two assists. He didn't score twice, but, but you know he didn't score. But I thought he was for me he was a man of the match. Him he's and becoming. Barella. I said it didn't I last week that mm. you know even though it's not obviously it's not the same Lukaku, no. but he is. He is becoming more and more decisive yeah, now. I is. mean, he's got eight goal contributions in his last eight games. Uh, and in, since the Udinese game in the middle of February, which is when Lukaku kind of was, was sort of like properly back yeah, from his yeah. injury troubles, he's got 10 goals and four assists uh, for club and country. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, that's that's pretty good from the middle of February. We're talking about, what, two and a half months, 10 yeah. goals and four assists, 14 goal contributions in two and a half months. I mean... You do that's that, decent. that, that's decent. It's not amazing, but it's, no, it's, it's pretty good. It's pretty good, you know. So, I mean, Lukaku is being effective now. He's not necessarily, I mean, I thought he was good in this game, but he's not necessarily playing great every game, but he's becoming effective. Uh, and, you know, that's, that's. I think... That Inter- game, that game, that performance, that the football that Inter played, it made me fall, fall in love all over again in Simone Inzaghi's football. Because... This is what I mean. Like, just go and watch that game. How how well Inter p- prepare, how how, Inter, how well prepared Inter were, how well they executed it. I mean, in terms of executing the plan, the problem is, of course, that Joaquin Correa is useless, and Denzel Dumfries is is not a footballer. He's, you know, it is what it is. But if you look at how they come to those decisive situations, the patterns of play that you always go on about, the movement, the idea. You say uh, with such disdain. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't. I just, uh, I, no, but seriously. How like, dare they have patterns of play, eh? 
<laughs> no, they do have patterns of play. They they have an identity, and he's got them playing some really good football. And the way that they co- co- control and dominate like teams, it's just no. Nah, the man, the diff- the thing is, he's not he's not a sexy name because he's not going to come out there and and say something cool for the cameras. He's he's an old school kind of guy. He doesn't change his tone when he wins. He doesn't change his tone when he loses. He says the same things. And in today's game, that's a little bit outdated, and it's not you know it doesn't get the headlines. Um, mm. And but overall, the, the football that he plays is not outdated. And of course, it's you not. Know. No, I mean they had another <laughs> two point eight three xg. I mean, how, yeah. I mean, Inter, there's so many, Inter had so many games this season that have been in and around or above three yeah. xg. His football I mean, is creating, outstanding. They create lots of chances, and he said it. Lautaro said it at the end uh, after the match that Inter have found the form at the right time, and they have. Mm. They've got three wins yeah. in a row. It's really four wins in a row. I'm counting yeah. the three, three against Benfica as a win. They stopped yeah. playing and took all their, all their yeah. best players off at the end because they knew they were through. I'm counting that as a win. They won yeah. that game. They just gave away the goals yeah. at the end because they were pissing around, you know. So I think Inter are in great shape for the ahead of the, the but Milan game. we have game to be week. honest. We have to be honest. Look, if you look at the run-ins, Lazio have the easiest one. They've got Sassuolo and Milan. Those are tough games. But after that, Lecce at home, Udinese away, Cremonese at home, Empoli away. I'm thinking 12 points minimum. I think 13 because I think well, let, let, let me let me just let me just uh, let me just uh, uh, ask that basically that in that Lazio we're 10 points ahead of fifth. Then now it's yeah. down to four, two yeah. defeats in a row. Yeah. Um, so I mean, do do Lazio risk missing out on the top four? They absolutely no. do. They absolutely do um, because they they are risking it. I still think they'll manage it because I think they'll beat Lecce, Udinese, Cremonese and Empoli and that's 12 points and I think they'll draw mm. against Asolo. That's, that's 13 points. And 13 points plus the 61 I think they've got now, that's 74. That should be enough to finish. In I, I, think Lazio, I think Lazio make it unless they, 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 they throw it away themselves. Lazio have to throw it away. Yes, yeah, that's what I mean. Even though they've, lost the, they've obviously lost two games in a row, they've still got a four-point advantage and they yeah. have... They have the easiest running yeah. out of out of Lazio, Juventus, Lazio, Juventus, Inter, Roma. Sorry, Lazio, Juventus, Inter, Milan, Roma, Roma Atlanta. Six teams, six yeah. teams. I mean, it's crazy. Uh, six teams, and they all play teams. each other this weekend, <laughs> like this coming weekend, which we'll yeah. be talking about. But on Lazio Thursday. have the easiest running. Lazio have Sassuolo at home, Milan away, Lecce at home, Udinese away, Cremonese home, Empoli away. Easiest running. They have the four point advantage. They have no Europe. All the other five teams are playing in Europe. Juventus have got Lecce at home, Atalanta away, Cremonese at home, Empoli away, Milan at home, Udinese away. So they've got two tough matches uh, out of the out of the six. And I wouldn't I would say Udinese away is not not easy for Juventus the way they're playing either. Inter Inter for me have the toughest running. They've got Verona, Verona away, Roma away, Sassuolo at home, Napoli away. Although the Napoli game might be easier now because they've got nothing to play for. Atalanta at home. I wonder Torino, if Napoli even Torino turn away. up to that game. Like, <laughs> <laughs> just like, yeah. like literally, yeah, and it's, not, it's not a bad time. To, it's not a bad time to play Napoli. <laughs> and in what fair. state do they turn up to that game? Like, will they mm. be sober when they turn up to that game? Like, yeah. <laughs> those are the questions I'm asking. Milan have got Criminese at home, Lazio at home, Spezia away, Sampdoria at home, Juventus away, Verona at home. So Milan have got a good run. I mean, they've got four, mm. for me. They've got twelve points or a gimme there. They've got four, four, four of those games are gimme. They're going to get twelve points. So, I, I think I'm favouring Milan um, to, to get Me in the top too. four purely because I think they've got a really good running. And also um, Milan at home to Lazio, mm, I, I, Milan usually do well there. 
Yeah, and, and Lazio don't look too well. Roma, Roma's is so so. They're, 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 they're yeah, but they're decimated. But they're, they've got Monza away, Inter, Inter at home, Bologna away, Salernitana at home, Fiorentina away, Spezia at home, and then Atalanta, who are well back into it, back into it after a great win against Serena. Spezia at home, Juventus at home, Salernitana away, Verona at home, Inter away, Monza at home. So again, they're kind of you're looking at four good, good uh, fixtures, and then two tough fixtures. So. Yeah, it's, yeah it's, but it's, Roma's, we have to, Roma are decimated. Kumbula, Llorente, uh, Dybala, touch and go, Wijnaldum, touch and go, Chris Smalling, we don't know when well, he's Well, the defence is decimated, yeah. I, mean, the others. I just, mean, I think, listen, I think the European games as well are going to take their toll for all yeah. the teams, all yeah, of the teams. Exactly. Obviously, Milan, Inter, everyone's focusing on, but, you know, let's not like, pretend Juventus and Roma uh, are going to have tough uh, fixtures as well, so... It's um, yeah, it's it's going to be fascinating. But let, let's talk about Roma, Roma Milan, uh, before we we round up the Serie A weekend. Um, I mean, this wasn't a great game. But it was a, certainly was a great ending. I mean, it seemed like it was it's destined crazy. for a draw. It seemed like it was destined for a draw. I mean, for me, it was a bad, bad, very bad first half. Mm. Slightly more entertaining second half, but few real chances. It was a lots of it was an attritional game, wasn't it? Lots of bad challenges. Uh, really bad challenges, actually. Um, it just seemed destined for a nil-nil. And then it yeah. just, out of nowhere, it just came to life in injury time. Abraham scores the 93rd minute and Sailor Makers scores um, 95th or 96th minute, whenever it was, and, and it finishes 1-1. And it was be- it was a fair result, though, I think, in the in the end. I think a fair. I think one one was for the fair result. And two things I take away from this is Milan and scoring at the far post and the way that they overload the far post. They, they have, there's a couple of things I've noticed now, a couple of weeks now, that every time Milan that that ball always goes at the far post and they always put bodies at that far post and overload it and create a numerical advantage and. And that, that's just an interesting thing. That, that that's all purely. That's all tactical. That's clearly something they've they've worked on, um, and and they keep doing it. They did it against Lecce. They do they do it now against Roma. Um, no, I, I I think Milan. Um, yes, I understand Milan fans were upset that they didn't really create much. Um, it was very much a stalemate, like you said, attritional game, but. Look, it's uh, at this point of the season, you have to treat every single game like a cup game. You know, it's as simple as that. Um, and, and and Milan are and and are, are not deep enough squad wise to be able to compete for a scudetto, compete for a Champions League. Like they're just not. Neither of none of the Italian teams can compete on three fronts, really. Which is why I'm so annoyed that they're so broke when they actually have. You know, it would be nice to see them with a bit of money and see them compete on all fronts. But it is what it is. You're, you know, you've got to cut with a cut with a cloth cloth you're dealt, um, and and they're doing the best they can. And I, I understand the frustration, but I but I look at Roma and Milan the same kind of way. It's like a point is not the end of the world. I think Roma's best chance again to to get in, to get into the Champions League is to win the Europa League. I really think so because of the, how decimated they are. I mean, Kumbula is an ACL, I think. Uh, Llorente, he, he, Mourinho said there his season is over as well. Yeah. Um, Vinaldum has had a, been in, a, you know, he's had a dreadful season in terms of injuries. Chris Smalling, who is fundamentally important for them, we don't know mm. when he'll be back. And Dybala, we don't know. Sometimes he, you know, he's fit. Sometimes he's not. I think Belotti cracked a rib. I mean, it's just, it's just mm. mess. It's a mess. 
Yeah, defence certainly, because Roman were already short on defenders. Yeah. Like they, they came into this season yeah. with too few centre-backs, in my yeah. opinion, if you're playing a back three. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, I think Milan showed heart again to re- respond straight away. Um, I think it was important for, for Milan, psychologically, to, to lose that game in the 93rd minute would have been a big, big blow for them, even going oh, going into the Inter game next yeah. week. You know, it would have been a big psychological blow. Um, but to, to, to then equalise straight after, I think... Yeah. You know, was, was is huge for that um, psychologically. We see with Napoli, we saw what happened to Napoli after that four 0 to Milan. We've seen how just little, little psychological moments can can really determine your, you know your season or your your next few games. And it's important to keep that you know keep keep that up. And um, I think that uh, yeah, I think I think that was very very important for them. There, there isn't really that much else to talk about no. on this game. I'm struggling to, to think of things to talk about. I mean, Liao got a great assist. At the end, so he keeps up his 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 good run of form. Um, but yeah, like we said, the top four it's going to go to the wire. Um, oh, it's absolutely gone to the wire, and it's six teams. And and like I said, next weekend they all play each other. <laughs> Milan play not Lazio, Roma play Inter, and Juve play Atalanta. <laughs> it's just mad, yeah. absolute madness. This league is never short on drama. That's for damn sure. <laughs> no, it certainly isn't. Right. Rest of the Serie A matches. So Lecce 1, Udinese 0, Spezia 0, Monza 2, Torino 1, Atalanta 2. Absolutely fantastic goal from Duvan Zapata. Mm. We haven't seen him do much of that no. for a long time. I think it's only his third or fourth goal yeah. of the season, something mm. like that. Um, Cremonese 1, Verona 1, Sassuolo 2, Empoli 1. And Fiorentina five Sampdoria Neil Stankovic um, offered his resignation uh, at the end of the game. Um, this relegation race—I've been saying it for a while that I think Spezia are in, in yeah, a lot of trouble. I think they're in deep trouble, and th- that draw—I mean, Verona would have ideally liked to have won that because I think if they had won that, they would have been in a much better position. But now they're on equal points, and they. Both midweek will play. I mean, Spezia travel to Atalanta, chasing a top four, and Verona host Inter um, at home. And at home, Verona are good. Uh, they are they are these they 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 trouble teams. They're a difficult side, a heavy team to play against. Um, mm. So it's it's going. They're it's in good be form in, as well. They're, being, they're yeah. in good form, and yeah. Spezia are not in good form. So that's that's no, why they're, but, they're, you know, they're in free fall. I mean, if we're talking mm. free fall, so yeah. no. It's, but, I mean, I th- even, but I mean, I think even Empoli and Lecce, they're not out there, and Empoli are in really bad form as well. Yeah. They've lost three in a row. Yeah. So I mean, I, I think Salernitana will be okay now. Yeah. They've got a good gap. I think it's out of Empoli, Lecce, Spezia, and Verona for yeah. that last spot. And Lecce won against Udinese, which was a monumentally important yeah. win. Uh, now they travel to Juve and and they will look to try to steal a point there, but you know I, I doubt that they'll succeed. But we'll see, we'll see. Yeah, we certainly will. Okay, right. So we have a midweek match calendar. It's going to be very very busy now between now and the end of the season. So on Wednesday we have Atalanta, Spezia, Juventus, Lecce, Sampdoria, Torino, Salernitana, Fiorentina, Verona, Inter, Lazio, Sassuolo, Monza, Roma. Milan, Cremonese, and then on Thursday we have Empoli, Bologna, and Udinese versus Napoli. So we think, uh, and let's say we hope, uh, that Napoli will be champions on Wednesday because yeah, then I we can do a big we. show on Thursday yeah, to, I, I to celebrate. So. I think so. I think I don't think they're moving the Lazio game. I don't think Lazio will or Sassuolo will want that. Uh, um, I, I just. Unless they move it forward, I mean, Lazio should the Lazio should still beat. So, I mean, to be honest with you, all the apart from Roma, I think all of the 
the teams fighting for the top four should win. I think Roma away to Monza is in the physical yeah. state they're in. Is a tough game for Roma. They could easily drop yeah, points in could. that. But I mean, Verona, Inter, Juventus, Lecce, uh, Milan, Cremonese, and Lazio Sassuolo. The top four teams should should all win those games. They should. I think um, I think Roma and Lazio have the and Atalanta Spezia. Sorry, and Atalanta Spezia yeah, as well. We forget about Atalanta, don't we? We're, yeah. like, we're ignoring them. Not they don't. Exist, no, we're not. But. We're not. We're not ignoring them. I promise, we're not. <laughs> I, yeah. I I think I think they. I mean, the fact that they're they're still about is really impressive. But uh, but it also goes to show how how what a weird Serie A this team this year is in the sense that the the top teams lose yeah. so much. I don't feel like Atalanta have played anywhere close to to, no. to well enough this season to, to actually to be only two it, po- yeah. to, to be only two points out of the top four. I, no. I can't kind of can't believe they are the way mm. they played uh, and how inconsistent they've been. But that shows you the teams above them how well that's the thing teams two to seven have all been ex- inconsistent i mean the number of losses on all of them is oh it's insane, it's insane. i mean lazio it's second crazy. with seven losses juventus yeah, third with eight inter fourth with 11 losses 11 i mean it's just mad. milan seven roma nine atalanta nine i mean it's it's it's, yeah, it's, it's a lot it's a lot it's a lot it's it's crazy it really is yeah, yeah it is Okay, right. That's all. No, we have Badger and Prem Face of the Week still, don't we? Yeah. Right. Let's do. Let's do Badger and Prem Face of the Week. Okay, Badger of the Week, Nima. Um, I don't know. For me, it's uh, the Gamora think... character. You sent me a, a message of him. I thought you were going to pick him. Who? The the, the character from from uh, Ginny from from Gamora, the Neapolitan. Oh, no, Nathalie that's Blair. Robert. No, no, that was uh, you mean Roberto Saviano, the journalist. That, that's the that's the. Quote. Oh, was it? Sorry, I thought yeah, he was yeah. a guy. I didn't. No, I no, no, it was right. no. That was he's he's one of my favorite writers and you know journalists and authors. And he he, it's he wrote something before the game about growing up in Naples. And if you don't know who Roberto Saviano is, he's a writer and journalist who lives under constant police protection for exposing organized crime in naples and uh he lives under constant death threats and and of course you know he's from naples and he he um he wrote something on twitter that was i just love the man's pen it's so so beautiful uh he writes so so beautifully it's it's worth learning italian just to read his uh, his poetry um, almost because it is so poetic when he writes, and it was just absolutely beautiful. I spoke about that's her. why I that's why I thought Ginny because Roberto Saviano was the he's the, he's the guy that created Gamora the yeah, TV series, which is what which is what uh, is Salvatore Esposito is a huge huge Napoli fan. So for some yeah. reason I I yeah. thought it was him that wrote that. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. no, it was beautiful. Um, it's it was a beautiful message, and I, I think I'll, I'll probably on Thursday if they win it, I'll read it to you. I'll translate it properly and, and read it to everybody. Because it's incredibly beautiful. Okay, so who do you have as bad Joe of the week then? No, it's I, I'll, I'll, I was going to go. I mean, for me, that that was beautiful. But yeah, um, I think uh, this week, um, I, uh, I, I think Romelu Lukaku deserves it because of how he was so good. Uh, I was so impressed. I did not expect him to be this good, um, and and. He he needs to be this good for Inter to to have any chance. So, yeah, I, I thought he was I, I thought he was really really good. And and um, yeah, so for me it's uh, it's it's probably probably Lukaku. Do you have anyone? Mm, I'll go Roberto De Zerbi just to oh, just, just to annoy just to annoy you. Six <laughs> six nil six nil win. Oh, but, yeah, but despite rest, despite resting all his best players, despite despite resting Caicedo, Mitoma. 
yes. uh, McAllister yeah. basically rested all his best players <laughs> and still won 6-0 uh, Jurgen Klopp said it was the best performance he's ever seen in his career oh so, stop so he did he did I'm not making it up he no did. I know <laughs> I know you're not making it up but Jurgen Klopp and Guardiola just shit that comes out of their mouth sometimes it's just... okay prem face of the week talking about shit coming out of people's mouths <laughs> prem face of the week come on Nima, take this away that this was bizarre hilarious. that was genuinely a bizarre experience for me because i did not like i don't follow gary lineker in fact i've muted him because i'm not interested in the stuff that comes out of his mouth i think he's just a, such a he's just a I, I'm, I'm not interested i think i find him boring i find him mind numbingly dull and inane and everything he says. So I've muted. I don't follow him. But our um, our prem face hunter, uh, Sam, <laughs> he um, he uh, he he tagged me in in a post because you I think UEFA put um, UEFA put a, a tweet out saying saying that uh, you know who would you basically which which defender of all time would you choose to bring up um to bring to bring it to mark erling Haaland, and he went with paul mcgrath and sam tagged us both and said i expected i expected gary to know better and i replied i didn't um and then our good friend Janusz Mihalik, who I actually really rate both as a person and as an analyst and is a very professional, lovely guy, he said, well, he has a point. I played against him. He's the guy's really good. And I replied, oh, absolutely. Paul McGrath is really good. But I don't think that out of all the defenders to play the game, he would be the, the first name on the list of people I choose to mark Erling Haaland. And to which Janusz said, very true. And then that was that. And then Gary decided to respond like an insolent little child and, and write five Zs as if he was bored and sleeping, and to which I replied, yeah, I agree, I find you boring, I think you're boring. And then he replied, what if you really floored me with that comeback? And I said, I doubt I floored you worse than your two dives or your dives against Cameroon in Italia 90, to which he said, oh, you're lying now. And then he blocked me like a child, which I think is hilarious. Um, and and it's, it's, the whole exchange was completely bizarre. Um, so yeah, that's that. that to me, is is I, I played. I played various during this whole exchange. Yes, you did, and, yes, and, and you I did. told Nima to to to, to mention him, Cameroon to mention the penalty because if you ever and everybody that's listening, if you ever want to trigger Gary Lineker, just tweet to him that he dived against Cameroon in Italian ninety, and he loses it, and he will block you straight away. So if you if you, if it's important to you not to get blocked by Gary Lineker, don't mention his dive <laughs> against Cameroon because. I did it once during lockdown when they were showing they were showing like old World Cup games over here in the UK on TV and they were showing the England versus Cameroon and and I tweeted out during it that, that, that Gary Lineker you know that his dives against Cameroon were, were so blatant and he replied to me really really angry and really upset like saying oh it was basically GBH and uh, I thought he was kind of like half joking and I said well it was actually you know you were, it was actually worse dives than Gary Lineker that like, and then he blocked me. And I thought, wow, <laughs> like, you know, so yeah, if you ever want to wind up Lineker, just talk about his dives against Cameroon. <laughs> no, it's just, it's, it's, it was just bizarre. I found the whole exchange utterly bizarre because 
I wasn't, you know, it was over. The, the thing was over. And I didn't, I, and like I said, I didn't, I don't follow him. I'm not interested in what he says. I don't care what he says. I'm, I find him to be completely, like I said, a incredibly boring and, and, and uh, like he just got nothing of in, interest that he says. I'm just, I don't follow him. I've muted him. I don't want to, you know, I'm not interested. And, and, and so I didn't, I didn't say anything. I just, you know, we just had a little discussion about Paul McGrath, who I actually rate. I think he was a great player. Um, I just yeah, don't he think fantastic. he was one of the greatest defenders of all time to put, you know, jumps off the list to on, on top of the list of players, I defenders I'd like to mark Eiling Haaland. I mean, I'd rather go with Gentile. I'd rather go with Lucio, Yapstam, you know, Maldini even, Baresi. I mean, you know, there's lots of players you could, Samuel. I mean, I could go on all day of players that I would rather have. And, and I'm, that's not taking anything away from Paul McGrath. But I, I don't think that Paul McGrath himself thinks he's as good as those names I've mentioned. Um, so, so again, it's, that's why it makes it such a prim face exchange because he said something, um, trying to be a bit edgy, and, and then I was like, "Yeah, I, I, in my opinion, those players I mentioned are better than Paul McGrath," and he got triggered, and, and the whole thing is just, and then it's just, ah, oh, it's just childish, childish. But yeah, prim face for the week, Gary yeah. Spodflogger Lineker. <laughs> yeah okay right we'll be back on tuesday for the q and a episode and then we'll be on thursday for uh, the midweek review show huge calendar in midweek and hopefully we will celebrate napoli's scudetto win uh, and uh, it will be uh yeah hopefully historic week in italian football and for, it will for napoli. be it will be it will be Okay, right. Let's leave it at that then. Uh, enjoy the, the week. Enjoy the football. And we'll see you on Tuesday. Until then, ciao, ciao.